yell. Uh huh. Yeah. Da na na. Hear my cries, hear my call, give me your ears, see my fall, see my error, no more falls, time halls, see my loss, know you backing, backtracking, where I met you, pistol packing, itchy finger, trigger happy, simmer slappy, come with me. Come with me. Come, come with me. Wow. Come. I know oh, someone hi. I I know someone who's going to be really happy to hear your voice on this podcast. Oh, I do too. Do you know who it is, Alec? Yes. Who is it? Go who? You know who's the biggest Daniel fan? Who's who the biggest keeps going, Daniel, fan? Daniel, can we get Daniel back on? It's sh- shout out to Gene. Sh- sh- shout out to Gene. Sh- shout out to Gene. Hey Gene. Um, uh hey everybody. Hey. Hi. Welcome to Carry On. Uh, the Sex in the City podcast. Let's, we're, uh, we're doing some retrospective examination of our girls' evolution. Ooh. 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 Um, this is season. This is season two, episode eleven of of uh, Sex and the City that we're covering. Carry on, episode twenty three. I'm Kat Knipe. Hello, your host. I'm Alec Wells, and I'm the dog's tuxedo. Uh, you <laughs> sure are. And I'm Daniel Montgomery, and I'm the cat's pajamas. And oh. I'm Kat, and I was like, no. And I was like, <laughs> no. I'm a gay straight man. No, wait, I'm a straight gay man. Which is it? And I'm a gay straight man. This is the perfect episode. Alex, you really for, are. Alex, you really are a gay straight man. And I'm definitely not a straight gay this. man. I'm just a gay man. Alec is the gayest straight man I, I know. I think you have straight gay man qualities about you. We'll get into this. You we'll think I have this. you think I have straight gay man yes, qualities? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Really? Yeah. yeah. We'll the, the rage displayed in the drunken video I saw last night would beg would b- prove the point. That 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 seemingly heterosexual rage? Yeah. I guess. Give us some context for this episode, Catherine. Well, this episode... As you're want to do. This, I am. This As episode... As want to do. And August 15th, <gasps> uh, yesterday, Daniel Day, <laughs> Daniel 1999. Day. <laughs> uh, as we're recording this, it's the 16th. It is so the 16th. So yesterday was Daniel Day. If you guys didn't know, August 15th is National <laughs> Daniel Day. It is. We we Hashtag really Daniel we really Day. hammered that point home yesterday. Uh, but so this episode aired August fifteenth. So this time of year, as you're hearing the podcast of ni- uh, in nineteen ninety nine, um, it was written by Cindy Shupak, who also will go on to write Splat and Ooh. Catch thirty eight, among a Fantastic. few other episodes. Mm. Uh, those are season six episodes, mm-hmm. and it was directed by Pam Thomas, Ooh. who also. D- I think she directed two other episodes of Sex and the City and one episode of Desperate Housewives and not 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 a lot else. Oh, interesting. Oh. I thought I thought her directing was good. I especially will point out the shot where um Charlotte and Stefan are sleeping together. And then we pan up on the bed, and the, and the bed suddenly, transitions and morphs into now, can, the bed where it's Can we it's know a, for sure that that was a directing decision, or could that have been written into the script? It it might have been written into the script. Mm. That's I'm true. just curious how But, you know, a lot of times it's actually a faux pas in scripts to write camera direction, unless it's very, very specific and necessary like for the, for the scene. Story or like, something. if it's like, you have to pan left to see the ghost in the corner, otherwise you shouldn't be telling the director 
what to do. It's now, up how, to the director How much to of that is the director's decision and how much of that is the cinematographer or the DP's decision? Well, usually the director and the DP work together. Mm-hmm. DP standing for director of photography, yeah. also known as the cinematographer. A lot of times they'll they'll make a shot list together, but um, the director can choose the shots. It's rare that the cinematographer does, unless the though they might offer asks, suggestions. Yeah, it depends like, on their relationship, I'd imagine. Um, but I would say that 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 bedpan. We're, yeah, we're <laughs> was we're, probably the decision of the director. We're wow. referencing. It took me probably too long to get. Yeah, that yeah. That's, Really, I really love that. We're Thank referencing, you. by the way, if you're listening and you haven't just watched the episode, we're referencing a shot where Charlotte and Stefan, or whatever his name is, are on their bed and the camera pans past their heads up to Samantha and her lover in the bed together. Yeah, and so it's it seems like one they long They built one long bed. bed. That's, mm-hmm. what it's, um, that's what it looks like. Yeah, I think they did. I think that was actually yeah, practically what they did. Yeah, it it looks like they did To me, it looked like a morph. Maybe they it, it, it would have it. been a really good morph if that because I, I was watching Charlotte's hand, and I think what happens is it's one long bed that they're panning over, and then they change the lighting. It'd be interesting to go back and watch it again. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, ha- tweet us your um, your best hypothesis hashtag RuPaul's practical, Drag Race. <laughs> ha- hashtag practical or morph RPDR Manila Luzon. So this episode, the thematic construct, is about evolution. Uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. about evolving, not only personally, but as a couple as well. And we see that through the eyes of our different girls and the different situations that they're in. I guess let's start. Can we start with the beginning? Yeah. This is the beginning of the rest of your life. So I just want to, I just want to, we're not going to rest too long on this. And I'm the only girl I can, I'm the only one who can really input here. Unless you guys want to share like, like Hold'em and Cough stories. But um, we, this episode opens with Miranda uh, at the gynecologist. There is nothing more humiliating for a woman than a visit to the gynecologist. Do you need more orthonovum? Unless it's having to tell your gynecologist that you don't need to be on the pill anymore. Actually, I'm going off it. Are you trying to have a baby? <laughs> no. No, I guess I sort of jumped the gun going on it in the first place because Steve, the guy that I went on it for, the first real relationship I've had in years is over and I don't need a daily reminder that I'm not having sex. So that's the story with the pill. And uh, okay, I'm quiet now. And the voiceover is like, there's nothing more humiliating than for a woman than a trip to the gynecologist, which I just respectfully disagree with. Um, I think it's only humiliating. Like, hu- I think that's just a really strong word. Mm. I think maybe it's good that it was that, though, because I think a lot of women probably are humiliated at the gynecologist. Yeah. But I'm not. It's not comfortable. It's not you know, the most fun thing in the whole world. But it's also, I don't know, it's not, like, I'm not, like, the whole time I'm I'm not like, oh, God, I wish I were dead. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, God, I wish there were another woman here right now. Do, how how often are you supposed to go to the gynecologist? Once a year. Once a year. Yeah. Um, but, oh, go on, Alec. Oh, I was just going to say that, and I, what Samantha says, which I thought was interesting, is that she is a gynecologist, but she wants a girl necologist. <laughs> she does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
How long were you thinking about that? That I had it as That's soon beautiful. as it happened. And well, and on on it. that tip, um, I want to explore that moment before we talk about Miranda's lazy ovary, okay. which is Miranda saying she doesn't really like hers too much, and Samantha talking about guys versus girl gynecologists. I need a new gynecologist. Do you like yours? Not right now. No. Well, at least she's a woman. I tried to go to a man, but it was just too strange. Having a guy spend all that time down there, and then you leave without an orgasm and a bill. And I was actually having a conversation about this with some other women the other day. And we were talking about, like, this one woman I know has just moved to L.A., and she's looking for a gynecologist. And she's like, I've only ever been to women. I can't even imagine going to a guy. And I've been to both men and women. And despite the fact that, like, everyone I've ever been with is has been super professional um and nowadays and probably ever since i started going to a gynecologist um they like law now requires that a second person has to be in the room when they're Mm. doing a pelvic exam yeah um i'm still i i i i am more comfortable with a woman and here's why it's not because i feel like a man is being predatory Mm -hmm. or or anything like that because if i even smelled a whiff of that you better believe my ass would be doing something about it yep um but it's more about the same argument that i've always used when i hear people like say that they would feel uncomfortable like like they're a straight dude and they're like i don't want gay guys in my locker room where i try to put myself in their shoes and go hmm what do i feel about this and how i feel about it is to me, what's more important is knowing is knowing what the experience is like of being that gender. Sure. Uh, or rather, I'm sorry, uh, that sex, like having yeah. those parts. That's what's more important to me in my locker room and in my gynecologist than what their sexual orientation is. Yes. So I would rather have a lesbian gynecologist who I know is attracted to women down in my downtowns than I would... A gay male. That's who why wasn't attracted it's so strange if Alec and I had to go to a penis doctor once a yeah. month or a year or whatever. Yes. And I, I I think it would be strange if the doctor were a woman because I'm like, well, you don't know what's exactly. not that they don't know what's going no, on, but you can't relate. They do. Exactly. That's what it's about. Relating. Say, I have two things to say about that. That's why getting a blowjob from a man is much better than getting a blowjob from a woman. You don't know that, but I bet you, I bet you're exactly right. And secondly, you said a penis doctor and I liked imagining that the doctor was a penis. Like, (laughs) Oh, that's my penis doctor. It's a penis in a lab coat. Oh, he's so cute. Wow. Reference, reference. That looks like a dick on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm sad to say that I've not received, a blowjob from a man but the gay men i talk to do say of course a man gives a better blowjob because he knows he knows exactly what to do a bad blowjob must be so bad i've I've never had a bad blowjob (laughs) (laughs) i had one it it was toothy (gasps) oh no ow and the thing is i makes me hurt i don't i'm not i'm not saying that as a joke because i know people have jokingly been like ow teeth but here's the thing, even even the grazing of a tooth, even a, a very light grazing, is absolute torture. 
It's terror. What do yeah. you think, Daniel? You don't have to agree with him if you like a little tooth. A little tooth? I don't like a little tooth. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I would just think it would be common... I like common... a big tooth. Oh! <laughs> I just think it would be common sense to keep no your way. sharp things away from a, a penis. No. Yeah, of course. I wouldn't want someone nibbling my clitoris. <laughs> okay. Like it were a, a little nibble treat. Because that would hurt. I, I will say this. It. A little this bag is what, strip. This is what is amazing about... Um, like one night stands or uh, having sexual encounters with people you don't know very well is that you are putting your very sensitive parts in dangerous situations. Yes, there's a lot of conceivably. there's a lot of trust involved. Maybe that's yeah. part of what's it's like, so exciting. It's like dri- it's like driving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you think I you can't be- I can't believe every day when I'm driving in Los Angeles that I don't die. Yeah, it's a miracle I you got here safely. Believe it. Yes. You know? That's true. And it's just like sex. Yeah. yeah. But I'll say this. I'll say this. <laughs> is that I think that both with driving and putting your penis in someone's mouth mm-hmm. is that there's a willful ignorance that goes along with it. Meaning Well, like, there's an idea that nobody would ever really like just go crazy and crash the car or bite my yeah until someone does until someone does but that happens so very often you know yeah that you you can't think you you have to think oh this will never be i can't be that statistic i won't be that guy that gets his dick bit off yeah (laughs) i think it's bitten off it is bitten but it sounds more street Um, it's funnier if i say bit and it's the only time i'll use incorrect grammar is to be funnier it's true i i've Um, been around him a lot that's the only time he uses incorrect grammar punchlines suddenly we're talking about sex in the city i'm sorry yes (laughs) suddenly the phrase once bitten twice shy makes more sense oh indeed but bite my dick once shame on you bite my dick twice shame on you (laughs) (laughs) okay so i want to talk about one other thing in the guy Dino's office that doesn't make any sense okay. to me, which is that she says, do you need more orthonovum? And Miranda goes, um, no, I don't because I'm not having sex anymore. I'm confused. I think this is a real, uh, a logical writing point here, which is. Explain. Well, because just because she's not having regular sex with a boyfriend means she doesn't want to be on the pill. Like, the pill is 99% or 98% of effect. No, it's 99 plus percent effective. Miranda's not planning on having casual sex because from what I remember, and, okay, I understand that if she's having sex with a partner who's not Steve, who she's been with for a while and is now broken up with, she's probably going to use a condom. But wouldn't you want that extra... I just know that, like, going on to or coming off of birth control can be kind of, like, an ordeal. And to go on it, you, like, the first, like, week or two, like, you're, you're still supposed to use a condom because it's not 100% effect. It's just, like, why would she... Well, Miranda does, does she says... she go on and off every time she doesn't have a boyfriend? Miranda says, she says the reason why she wants to go off of it is because she doesn't want to be reminded when mm-hmm. every time she takes a pill... That yeah. she's not having. Yeah, sex but like boo hoo, like she's probably gonna have sex with this lawyer guy. She she doesn't, of course not, because he's an asshole. But like the people she goes on dates with, is she well, not gonna have sex? Well, maybe with Maybe she's just so in love with Steve that it hurts that bad every yeah. time she takes that pill. It's such it's been such a harsh reminder. I like yeah. your theory, but she's increasing her chances of like getting pregnant. She's. She's not thinking about that. No, and you also have to remember this was 1999. Pills were huge back then. <laughs> they weren't I mean, like Nuva Nova rings. And yeah, they were stuff. like horse. Birth pills. control pills have always been tiny. 
No, it was like deep throating a Flintstones vitamin back then. You're talking about the literal size of the pill. Yeah, yes, of course. He is. They, they were so much bigger. He you just know, wants to talk remember about how big, big how much bigger computers mouth. were back then. It's the same with pills. I'd like a little sidebar when I to talk about how much. Oh, are you hungry? Yes, can you just get, grab me a sidebar real fast? <laughs> <laughs> this one's so good. Cinnamon. Um, Miranda loves Steve so much, right? Yeah. And I feel like at this point, their relationship happens so quickly. Yes. Yeah. And we obviously see there was such a major connection there. Yes. And obviously, spoiler alert, Steve is coming back yeah, at some of course. point. You know, and they didn't break up because they didn't love each other or anything like that. But I was talking with a friend of mine today, and um, I mentioned that sometimes I guest on this particular podcast mm-hmm. and how much I love it. And he said, are you a are you a Carrie? And I said, no, I'm pretty much a Miranda, sometimes a Charlotte, and sometimes a Samantha, but never a Carrie. Yeah. And he said, um, he started talking about Miranda, and he said, I'm just, I just can't buy that Miranda's not a lesbian. Like, her character's not a lesbian because she hates men so much. And I, and my response was, but she loves Steve. She mm-hmm. does. She loves the right men. And Lord knows that over the course of the series, she's been with a lot of the a wrong lot of frogs. Men. Yeah, right. I mean, and tonight's episode. How could you not hate men after the guy that she runs into? Oof. In well, should we continue episode? with the Miranda and, story? Yes, we, we might should. As and well. I want to say something general about Miranda, which is to your point, Daniel. I think, like you're the person you were talking to, probably thinks she hates men because she ends up saying things like, "Hey." I'm not. I'm not taking advice from about whatever from a man who's doing crop rotation on his forehead. Like she, she's not afraid to speak her mind. Yes, she's. She. I think part of it is also maybe a defensiveness to the fact that she's not always gotten the right. She's not always gotten the kind of attention from men that some other women might have gotten because she doesn't always adhere to societal standards of what women are supposed to look like. She's got short. She keeps her hair shorter. Um... She speaks her mind. She's Mm -hmm. cynical. She's a strong woman. And the bottom line is, even in 2014, even 15 years after this episode aired, there are still a great many men who are threatened by women who are in power, who speak their minds. There's a reason why. Sorry, Alec. There's a reason why women who are. You know, ex- women executives, if they are throwing down the gauntlet, if they're putting their foot down, people will say something like, oh, she's such a bitch. Versus if it were a man doing it, it'd be like, oh, he's a sharpshooter. Yeah. But what it's true. I, you know what I mean? I know yes. what you mean. Hashtag yes all women. Hashtag. Hashtag I'm a, I'm a Miranda. Yeah. So so what goes on? Who wants to continue her storyline? So Miranda... Us? Uh, so the gynecologist she, tells yeah. Miranda that she has, a, and she kind of offhandedly says, oh, fun fact. She doesn't say that, but yeah. basically she <laughs> basically. says that. And she says, oh, you have a lazy ovary, which means that only one of Miranda's ovaries produces eggs. Mm-hmm. Which means every other, other month, month she's not even releasing an egg. Which means she has like a, an essentially 50% lower chance of getting pregnant I didn't realize ovaries worked that way. I didn't either. I didn't, I didn't yeah, even Yeah, well you that. release one egg a month. So it's got to come from one of your ovaries. Not, it makes you know, me think, You have eggs in both of them, yeah. but you're only releasing one a month for fertilization. So I don't know if it tag teams, if it's like left then right. I'm going to say what, something but. wildly ignorant right now. But... <laughs> Do men sperm out of one ball at a time? No, I think it's both. No, I, I think it's both. Always. So it's coming. It's have coming you seen from, the force of your ejaculate? 
I don't know. We why. have. I mean, we do have two testicles. Well, ovaries are three, basically some testicles. Have one. We also have two kidneys. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have I, lots of these are all important organs. organs, and maybe God planned it where He said, like, oh, in, just in case the other one disappears, it's probably like a spare tire, it's an insurance. Spare tire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when she says the lazy ovary and that one egg comes out per month on yeah. each side, it makes me think of a pinball machine, like the little are you flappers. Seeing- Oh yeah. You got it's one just on what each it's side. like. It's a flapper. Ding, 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 yeah. Ding. I can actually feel it every month when my when one of my flappers releases. You can? <laughs> no. Oh. I'm just That's kidding. too bad. That would Although, be magical. When Alex shoves a quarter that. up there. I yeah. That. <laughs> like here we Ew. go. <laughs> That's why you've been doing that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's weird is when you deposit you it at Wells me? Fargo. <laughs> Oil and vinegar. What did you just call me? <laughs> Alec, this is like the un- totally unrelated to carry on, but Daniel and I were watching this interview with RuPaul. Yeah. And I think the guy I told you oh, about yeah, this, yeah, Alec. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but listener, we, we, there yeah. was a, a genius interview with RuPaul where uh, the host was asking Ru- RuPaul a series of or questions like fall or winter, um, you know, Coke or Pepsi. And he said to Rue, oil or vinegar? And, and Rue said, what did you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm dead. Everybody say love. love. I want everybody say love. love. So, so genius. So Miranda is uh, now thinking about, you know, what, gosh, should I, kind of off screen, we don't see this happening, but she's in her head thinking, should I freeze some eggs? Like, you know, now that I know that my fertility is kind of a little bit compromised, I'm not sure if I want kids, but what if I do in the future? So this is a thing that women of a certain age, i.e. she's 33, I guess, need to start thinking about. So we see later in the episode she's going on a date with a guy that I think this is really the only thing that happens to Miranda in this episode. Um, It's it's significant. Uh, But uh, she's going on a date with a guy Mm -hmm. that she works with who has asked her out twice before and she's told him no, but she thinks, well, maybe I'm running out of time, Mm -hmm. you know, running out of options here. Why don't I just say yes? And this guy um, has hair plugs. Yes. Very obvious hair plugs and says, are you, you know, immediately they're at dinner and says, are you looking at my hair plugs? And I love the way Miranda slash Cynthia Nixon handles this whole scene. Are you looking at my forehead? <laughs> no, no. That night, Miranda went out with Joseph Adler, a labor relations lawyer who'd been after her since the firm retreat. The lamb is delicious. You can look if you want. I've got nothing to hide. It's actually starting to fill in. Mm-hmm. She'd refused him twice before, but since she was down to her last ovary, Miranda decided she was in no position to eliminate men on the basis of hair plugs. I'm telling you, I was practically bald. I remember. And now I have hair. This is a miracle. (laughs) Some more bestie? Oh, sure. You probably think I'm crazy. Actually, I was thinking you seem very happy. You know, the funny thing is, I never thought that I'd be the kind of guy to get plugs. But I've learned that you should never say never. (laughs) I know what you mean. I... There are things that I've been considering lately that I never thought I would consider. Like what? Do you really want to know? Sure. Well, I recently found out that I have a lazy ovary, which is no big deal. It just means that I only produce an egg every other month, and I'm not even sure that I want kids. But all of a sudden, it hit me that if the other ovary shuts down, I'm out of business. So... 
I've started taking hormones and now I'm actually considering freezing my eggs. Freezing your eggs? Yeah, you know, like a fertility savings account. I think it would take the pressure off. It removes the whole biological clock issue. Yeah, but it raises a lot of other issues. Such as? Such as? Uh, what is all this reproductive technology doing for us? I mean, do we want desperate women having babies at 50? Maybe some people aren't supposed to procreate. Maybe this is the world's way of weeding out the weak, you see. If you ask me, this is a ridiculous abuse of science. You have now designer sperm and these simulated wombs. Here's a good idea. Why don't we just eliminate men altogether? Hey, I don't need to be lectured about science by a man who's doing crop rotation on his forehead. Miranda went off the hormones, not because of what Joseph said, but because she was only 33, she still had her left ovary, and she wasn't ready to settle out of court. Because she's so, at, for the for the first 75% of it, as she should be, is so open she and is. polite and yeah. delightful and generous. And, and I think both of them were great actors in this yeah. scene. Um, because he's, I'd say he's kind of charming. Like, until he, until he flips that switch... There's just something kind of like amiable about him. I that guess I like. he's amiable. Well, especially just if you're just going strictly on the fact that he's like, you can ask me about my hair plugs. Like, like I'm, I can I'm, tell you're looking fine. at it. You can ask me about them. And she goes, no, you know what? Like no judgment. They're both being very direct, but yeah, in an open honest, way. I can see what you're saying. Honest Alex. and respectful of each other at first. And he, and yeah. she, Miranda said, Miranda says like, you know, like no judgment. I, you know, do what you want to do. I've been. Mm-hmm. You know, take those chances. I've been thinking about things I never thought I'd do before. He says I never thought I'd be the type of guy that would get hair plugs. She goes, yeah. I've been thinking about doing things I never thought. So these are I'd two adults. And he says, like what? And she says, You really want to know? And she says, He says, Yeah. And she says, Well, I'm thinking about. I found out I have a lazy ovary, and I'm thinking about freezing one of, freezing eggs. Yeah, you know, just in case. And he becomes very opinionated. Yeah, he about launches this. into a tirade about desperate women, and if we should be allowing desperate women to take extreme biological measures like this, maybe yeah. this is just nature's maybe way. Maybe this is just evolution. He's ch- tying into the theme of evolution yeah. of the episode, saying maybe they, maybe women that can't have kids. Shouldn't have kids. And right. rooting, it's it's nature's way of rooting out the, the weaker weak. ones. And, right. you know, that hits a little sore And Miranda spot. says, yeah, of course. hey! I don't want to do that! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I love her hey. reaction. It's so, this is my is, favorite, oh, I'm sorry. I, all I was going to say is just on the, on the, you know, Miranda hates men tip, um, uh, that, that I'm sure you're, the guy you were talking to is not the only person who's ever thought that, um, not to belabor the point, but people might interpret her going, hey, I'm not going to take advice from somebody about science, from somebody doing crop rotation on his forehead or whatever. Might People might be like, whoa, calm down. And that's what women get a lot of the time, which is, it's that thing that I get at least once a week, you know, walking down, maybe that's an exaggeration, but it did just happen the other day. Walking down the street and somebody goes, hey, smile. Or... Uh, oh, that's a beautiful smile you've got. And it's just this this idea that women are supposed to be nice, smile, you know, not, not say anything harshly, not be yeah. negative, because women are supposed to be pretty, and it's not pretty to be like, hey, um, that's all. I just think that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a way to interpret Miranda's behavior that's not fair to women. Well, and, yes, and then it leaves Miranda with you know, a voiceover from Carrie saying yeah. that, you know... Miranda realized 
She's 33. Yeah. Maybe this isn't that big of a deal. She just wants to take her vodka out of her freezer and smile at it and shut the door. I thought that was a kind of cute little scene slash shot where it's like, eggs may not be in the freezer, but vodka is. Yeah. (laughs) Right now. And you know what? That's okay. That's fine. My favorite thing about that sequence is that Miranda yells at the guy... Uh, and then they continue eating dinner. I, I love that. I love that. Miranda I slams her drink down just... and then picks up her fork and knife and keeps cutting that steak. Cynthia Nixon is so... We've talked about this a little bit before She's on Kiriam, but much more off Come on. Uh, off the mic, which is whenever there's a like food scene when they're eating, Miranda's always the one who's food-focused, and yes. she's very good at... She's very past the salt. She's very good at, like... Cancel my rice Doing pudding. More business. coffee, please. J- pass the jam. Yeah. Can I get another glass of Chardonnay, please? Today. She's very good at doing her business, cutting her steak, eating her food while talking. She's just, and I say that if you're not uh, at all familiar with with how what it's like to film a scene. This is this is great work she's doing in all of these scenes, yeah, it's, and, and, because it's hard. It's surprisingly hard. It's to surprisingly hard to do eat anything. Eat a meal on camera, yes. like over and over and over again. Yes, and, and especially take. yeah, and, and just make it be seamless because there's a lot of stuff that even if it's like not, even if it's not continuity that someone might easily notice. Like, well, she had a fork in her hand. Now she didn't. Like stuff like as simple as oh, she's she's cutting into the steak in this moment and then when the camera cuts away and cuts back to where she's still doing it the same way like you've no we have no idea how many takes they did like it's just basically just props to her because that's mm-hmm. not that's not the easy. moral of this whole podcast is that we love cynthia yeah. Nixon. <laughs> she is floorless she truly is i love her she's yes. i wonder what she's doing right now cynthia oh, cynthia, cynthia call please. us please cynthia, we love we you, love you. Um, so oh my god thank you carrie oh god, let's you talk about easy. carrie <laughs> Carrie is doing her hair straight this episode, you yeah, guys. Yeah, she is. Well, she kind of did it last episode, too. She did last episode, but you weren't here to talk about it yet, so let's yeah. talk about she's her long ass. She's figured it out more this episode. Oh, yeah, as opposed to last episode. It's a little messy, but... Her long, I do too. straight hair. It's so long. It's that hocus-pocus realness. No. She is just in that, that relationship glow with Big right now. Y- yeah. But... They've got an issue. They, I, I feel like this is... A, Have they got an issue or has Carrie got an this issue? Is, this is the recurring theme with Big. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's Carrie wanting there to be a, a, a concrete, objective validation of their relationship. The, an, yeah. a, an outside validation of their relationship. And this time it's in the form of, well... As a relationship progresses, I should be leaving stu- stuff at your place, and you should be leaving stuff at my place. That's that should, way, should, should. We that's, should, that's, should, should. That's the way it should be. You know, people in relationships that have two separate apartments leave stuff at the other person's place. I will. I do want to say in Carrie's defense, I think some I don't of disagree it, with Carrie. I think some of it's coming of it. from a practical standpoint. Like, I'm straightening my hair now these days. It takes time for me to look like this. Con- for convenience's sake. Like, she's a crazy bag lady. She's carrying a bunch of shit around. I've been that person. Mm-hmm. Um, you're happy to do it because it's your partner, but then at, at long in the long run, you want you don't want to be carting stuff back and forth. But I think she she does take it more in the direction of, you know... Well, she emo- said, Coming from an emotional place of wanting. She said, men created fire, 
but women learn to play with it. Oh my god, can uh, I tell you? Women <clears throat> love that quote they so do? much. I'm just go on I'm telling you because I'm go I'm on, on our Pinterest or something. Um, no, go I'm on, on Tumblr. Yes, yes. Go on Pinterest. Go on Instagram and People search love the hashtag Pinterest. Sex in the City. People love and I swear it. to God I don't get how it works. Every I don't care. Every tenth post is the quote Men have men may have discovered fire, but women learn how to play with it. Women yeah. love it. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> it's not the dog's tuxedo. <laughs> well, tell that to all those women. I will. Ooh-woo. Give me their numbers. But anyway. So Carrie look, they talk about at the at the table um sexual souvenirs. Yes. Parting hey, let's talk gifts. About that. Daniel, sexual parting gifts. Daniel, do you have stuff like right now you can think of that you have at your place um that is from past relationships? Yes. I've never known you while you were in a relationship, mm, by the way. I mean it's I been have that but, long. No, but I mean like maybe Kat and I have known each other for how long? How many years have we known each other? Ten years. Ten years. It probably has been that long. Since I've had a serious relationship, but, but even 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 without serious relationships, we still acquire certain things. Sure, sometimes. no, I have. Um, I, if he's listening, hey, hey, yeah, no deal. My fir- shout out to shout out to Colton. My first shout out to Colton. Uh, it's fine. My first boyfriend. I I have your shorts. Um, <laughs> my first boyfriend. Uh, I was visiting. Uh, I'm just going to tell the story. I guess. Yes, do um, it. He was my boyfriend in high school. He went to high school with Alec. That's mm-hmm. how I met him. Yes. Um, he and I uh, are still fr- still good friends, and I actually haven't talked to him in a few months, but mm-hmm. still, we're... He was just in L.A. not too was, long ago, He was right? in L.A. at the end of last year. Okay. I think. Was that right? Anyway, we're friends. Doesn't yeah. matter. And that has really has nothing to do with the story, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I was visiting him, not him, I was going, I'm from North Carolina, Alex from North Carolina, mm-hmm. we're all from North Carolina. We're all. Um, I was visiting, and I went, and we kind of rekindled for a while, while yep. I was home for a week. Yes. And we were at, like, a party, and we all, and a bunch of people ended up spending the night, and it was like a spur of the moment sort of thing, and he just gave me an extra pair of shorts. Yeah. And I still have those shorts. And I want my pink shirt back! Yeah, and I think they're cute, and I like having them. Yeah, and does it hold any sentimental value for you? Kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the that's the only thing. Do you, in general, put sentimental value on material things? Forget really romantic aspect, just in general. You know, I used to a whole lot. Yeah, I used to hold on to. Uh, I'm not hoard, but hold. On. I'm so much better about throwing stuff away now and not even caring. Yeah. I remember my boyfriend after him, when he, he and I had a very, uh, we were in a relationship for a, a, a while, and he, we should probably edit this. <laughs> my second boyfriend, when he, he, which I visited often, um, I would sometimes. And like with his mom and his sister, but there was a. I had Wait, Sean. Sean, yeah, oh my you God, know Sean. I know of course. Sean. He smelled very good. He probably still does. Whatever he, whatever. I actually, this is embarrassing to say, but I remember trying to figure out what cologne he weared because I thought it smelled very, very good. I think he wore Aqua Dijon. 
<laughs> but the, but Matthew wears that too. But the problem is with cologne. Matthew is that wears two colognes, doesn't he? He wears a lot of things. I feel he like he wears he's like told Twilight me. Woods by Bath and Body Works. That's true. That's Matthew a good wears one. so much that if you take off his clothes, you're just taking off layer after layer, and well, you're never. That's not true. Skin. I know just how he smells. He likes to mix scents, and he and he's always smells really I, good. He always smells amazing. But see, the problem with cologne. But I is know that underneath just how he smells. The problem with hug- cologne. I've done the hugging legwork. <laughs> okay, we get it, Kat. You've smelled him a I lot. I just love him. Well, I'm we sorry. all love him. I know how he smells too, but I'm not articulate enough I to know describe him the best. Fuck you. I know him the best. He's my twin you brother. You share DNA. <laughs> Whatever. Nobody's proven that. Speaking of twins, you know, we're fraternal twins, which means that um, there were two eggs involved. How does that work? How Wait does that work, Miranda? Two eggs yeah. are released. It's an how? anomaly. It's an anomalous thing. So I'm, you just said how. I'm Don't an anomaly. Quit asking how when I just <laughs> do you re- said how. Do you realize how? what a miracle it is that I'm here right now? It is now? a miracle. It's a, mi- it's a double miracle. I may not smell as good as Matthew, but I'm just <laughs> as fun. Um, oh my gosh. It's da- Daniel Day. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, Daniel's an anomaly. An anomaly? I mean an anomaly. Oh gosh. Anyway, See, anemone. Um, I, uh, I have a picture of Sean. In a shirt that says, Ithaca is gorgeous, and he has garage doors for some reason. I wonder why he has garage doors. I don't know. We must have all been putting makeup on each other. Um, Something I, really straight, on I'm the, sure. On the keeping things from people tip, on the, like, the prop, one of the craziest nights I ever had in college, probably the craziest night. On the real room. We're gonna have to censor this shit. But I spent the night... Probably the only time in college I still have the shirt. And it's bags and rags, and I love it. But most of it is just, like, symbolic of, like, Mm. you know, a crazy night in college when I didn't do that very much. So, for me, it's important. It's like the episode of Friends where Rachel is insistent that she made out with a girl, and no one believes her. And it's very... Knocking coconut. So important to her (laughs) that they believe her about those clacking coconut bras. Because that that is... it's It's... like what? What's the word I'm looking for? It's gorgeous, essential to her Ithaca personality is or something. Anyway, um, interesting. Um, so sexual souvenirs. Let me ask you a sensitive question about that. Sure. Especially in 2014, mm-hmm. the age of Snapchat and texting, mm-hmm. is that there are photos that are passed mm-hmm. from person mm-hmm. to person, sometimes mm-hmm. of an explicit nature. Yes. And I've, some yeah. would argue. When the relationship is over, it's your moral obligation to delete said photos. Mm. But is that a sexual souvenir? I don't. Or is that something you need to get rid (laughs) of? File on my computer. What if I told you I had a file too? I really. I've seen Alex file. (gasps) Have you? I don't know. Have I? Oh. They're of Daniel. I don't know why he needs to see them. So, I really do have a folder on my computer. I believe you. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> anywho. Uh, Send so, us your uh, sexual souvenir pictures to at carryonpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or Snapchat us at I don't have Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Carrie, uh, she's... She's playing with fire because she's leaving things at Biggs. And, well, listen, uh, she leaves one thing at first. She leaves a hair, a hair pro right? too. This episode, I'm a little... You probably will rarely hear me say this. I'm yeah. a little on Carrie's side at first. Okay. I agree. 
She's being, I think she's being fairly reasonable. She's leaving appropriate stuff there, whatever. And it's heartbreaking when later, um, Big shows up to her apartment with a bag from Barney's and she's like, oh, what is this? He goes, you left some stuff at my place. Here's, here's why I'm with you and I'm a little on Carrie's side because Big knows Good and damn well why she left the he, stuff yes. at his he place. He even com- almost comments, comments on it later yes. when he was like, let's save an hour and tell me what you, what, how yes, I should really I love that right line, now. by the way, and I will use it so in they, the future. And they talk, Carrie brings it up and she talks about it and she says, hey, big. I meant to leave that stuff at your apartment. What? Well, for one thing, I don't wake up looking like this. I actually need stuff to look like this and it would be nice not to have to carry it around all day with me like a nomad it's just a few things and you can leave stuff here I don't want to leave stuff here well not a lot of stuff just like you know if you want to shave in the morning I shave at the gym okay then I don't know socks you want me to leave socks here well never mind what I want what do you want I don't know let's save an hour Why don't you just tell me what I want? No, really. In your mind, what is the ideal living situation for two people in a relationship? Exactly what we have. And what is that? I have my place. You have yours. We're together when we want to be, and we're apart when we want to be. Like Woody and Mia. Before Sun Yi. Ever since Woody Allen described waving to Mia Farrow across the park, single men in Manhattan had yearned for that kind of separate togetherness. I felt like the last dinosaur. Was I the one who needed to adapt? Was my view of a relationship extinct? Like, wh- what's the ideal living situation here? Right. I ha- I don't want to be a nomad, yep. like, carting my stuff around in a big old bag all day. Like, I want to leave stuff at your my, my place. I mean, I want to leave my stuff at your place. Mm-hmm. You can leave stuff at my place. And he's like, I don't want to leave stuff at your place. Well, I like, right. socks? Yeah, he's all like, right. you want me to leave shirt, underwear? And she's like, never mind what I want. She doesn't get upset. I was su- yeah. I was proud of Carrie. She, 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 she was cool. like, well, what is the ideal living situation? He's like, what we have. And then she talks about some Woody Alan Mia Farrow quote that I don't know what was re- referenced to. Um, did was it Annie Hall? It's like waving no, across no, no, no. The... This is in real life. Did Woody oh. Allen was married to Mia Farrow, but they didn't live in the same place. They both lived in New York, and they had apartments that were like across Central Park for one. Oh, they from waved each other from across. So the they park. wave at each other in their individual apartments across the park. And men hearing that everywhere scratched their balls and said, God, I wish that could be me because my woman wouldn't be not nagging me no more. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) hashtag bad grammar. There's an old joke. Um, Two elderly women are at a Catskill Mountain resort and one of them says, boy, the food at this place is really terrible. The other one says, yeah, I know. And such small portions. Well, that's essentially how I feel about life. Full of loneliness and misery and suffering and unhappiness. And... It's all over much too quickly. Now, uh, there's two reasons why I feel like Mr. Big should have just let this go. First of all, it's not as though he's living in a cardboard box. He has the room 
for the Hair Pro 2000. Yes. It's not as though, I mean, and she didn't want to leave it on the counter. She put it inside his sparsely populated medicine chest. Yeah. It's very like sparse in your, to, to your taste, Alec. Yeah. And she just rolled it up nice and kept it right there all Mm -hmm. neat. Like she she wasn't fucking up his space. A great, a great directing choice, by the way. I always love shots from inside a medicine cabinet. Mm -hmm. Like we're the medicine cabinets point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, I love, Love that. I love that shot. Yes. That was so artfully done. So, uh, anyway, what ends up happening if we shall skip forward? Yeah, sure. Which, why not? Yeah. Um, is that he comes along and he brings her the bag of her stuff as described. But you know what? In the end, she wins out because she is very direct with him and she says, Good for you, Carrie. Yeah. And uh, again, I do think that this is Carrie evolved to some degree, which is that I think in the past she would have been very neurotic about it. She She wouldn't have said anything, but she... She just goes right I, out I, and tells him how she feels as she's feeling it. She, she does. I, she You're absolutely I, right. I even like later at the end of the episode for, you know, completing the storyline with Carrie or whatever. Mm-hmm. She is spending the night with Big and wakes up. And he's like, where are you going? And she's like... Sorry, I have to go home and dry my hair, you <laughs> yeah. know? But she's like... And Which she, is really just a passive-aggressive way of saying, like, she, it's your fault. But I thought she was... I thought she was passive-aggressive with a wink. It's playful. Yes. It was playful, yes. and I thought that was kind of funny, and he was laughing a little bit. Because and... they've because they've already talked about the situation in real words, so they're speaking a little funny code, but it's not her speaking the code because she's let it build up and she hasn't said anything. It's her speaking the code of like, you know, I told you, it takes yes. effort to look like this, gotta go home. But if we're being real, there isn't a lot of resolution to their storyline. There's because n- there's, there's not. Really. She at the end of the day, she doesn't necessarily get what she wants because she doesn't really leave anything there. Well, ultimately, she, she's she see what happens is um, she sees that that what was she going into the drawer to find? She went into the drawer to make sure she hadn't left anything. She's like, I just don't want to make sure I didn't leave anything behind. And she see she finds a production still from a previous episode. <laughs> Um, of her and Big. A promotional photo <laughs> of them. Who took that picture yeah. and where and how. And she kind of has a little secret smile to herself. And yeah. I, I was dying. I was so into it. Me and too. I love putting my most treasured photos in a drawer in the bathroom. Me too. It's <laughs> the perfect place for Maybe it. Maybe he looks at it. While he's know. jerking off. That's disgusting. That is what I, I was like, thinking. Is I he jerking think off that. To I never jugs? thought that. <laughs> is he jerking off to jugs with two Gs? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, she sees this photo and she realizes that, you know what? He's lo- lo- he loves her. She loves him. Yeah. It's not that... Is it that big of a deal for them right now? Yeah. Well, it ultimately goes back to the idea that you have an idea of what a relationship should be and what the escalation of the steps of a relationship are. Like, first we say I love you, then we leave stuff at each other's place, then we move in together, then we get engaged. And Carrie is really, really fighting big to try and have these milestone moments. Let me leave my things here because that proves that we're escalating. But the truth is... Big cares about her, and he loves her. And they are happy right now. Yeah, and that is what matters. It's not the material evidence. It's the intangible evidence that's more important. And I think that's a good life lesson. It's it's a relationship lesson that sometimes people don't learn. But I think so many people in relationships yearn for those milestones 
until marriage and then children and then there are no more milestones like that relationship wise mm-hmm. for them to prove their own relationship to themselves so I think that's where a lot of people reach a slump period where they're like they feel really lost but yeah. I think it's a good life lesson too of like that people think a certain type of job or mm-hmm. being with a certain type of person or having a certain type of apartment is going to prove to everyone around them um, that they that they have it all. And sure. the bottom line is it, you have to measure yourself against yourself. You have to have internal peace about what is going on in your That's life. Tough. It's versus a tough comparing lesson. it. It is a tough lesson. And in just going back to the thesis statement of our mm-hmm. and the reason that we were even doing this podcast is examining the issues of sex in the city in 1999 or whatever, whenever each episode aired versus 2013-14 and thinking about you know we people are always inclined to compare themselves and their lives to other people yes. it's that much easier nowadays because we all have Facebook and Instagram and everybody's tweeting and Facebooking and oh, gramming gosh. their highlight reels. The show would be so different. And yeah, and, and and you know, you don't see other people's except for those people who, and we all know them, who are the sad sacks who are like, had a really bad day today, uh, just gonna go to bed, or got out of bed this morning, have a really bad headache, I'm going back to bed. Why are you fucking typing this on Facebook? Yeah. But anyway, I, I guess just, Carrie, Carrie, it's Incredible too, even though she's not really tech savvy. But just imagine Carrie like having access to Facebook, where she's seeing other people have like make big commitments, and she's like, "So and so on Facebook made a big commitment. Why can't you?" Uh, so, th- if the theme That's of this episode of is evolution, d- did Carrie and Big's relationship evolve? Did we see that over the course of this episode? Um. I think we might. I think we might have. I, th- I think we might have seen Carrie evolve a little bit. I think yeah. yes, because well, and I, um, I, I, I realize that we're like, did anything really get resolved? At the same time, she did throw her underwear, her tiny, tiny underwear, and say, "I'm leaving these here." And he said, "Are those clean?" And they had the witty repartee, mm. and he's basically agreeing, "Okay, leave that here." Because now, they it's cuddle almost like so they kind tightly. of they do. I I want to say on a global scale. That this is an episode called Evolution, but I'm a relationship creationist. And what I mean by that is this. That I believe that there are only so many relationships that can exist. And that we have not evolved past those relationships. I think you're right. Please go on. What do you mean? Well, Types of they, relationships? They say you... that they, okay, they say that there are only five stories to tell in the world. Go now on. we keep telling those same five stories, but... Finding different twists. What on are it. they? The, it's uh, I don't. It's man versus man, man versus nature, man versus himself, man versus the elements, and I don't know, man versus Stanford. I can't remember the last <laughs> one. But, um, <laughs> I was like, no, and but, I said no. When it comes to relationships, I'm a creationist, meaning that I think that there are relationships that work, and there are relationships that don't. And the relationships that stick are the ones that are classic in some way. That, you know, we may evolve as people, but we're evolving to that relationship ideal. And that relationship ideal has always been there. It's always been the story that we're trying to tell of a successful relationship where two people can communicate with each other truthfully, where they aren't passive-aggressive, where they're trying to do the best for the other person. And it's about, rele- it's about 
getting to that plateau and that the relationships that don't work never reach that point either because of the neuroses of one person or the other, or it's just not right because they haven't added up quite in that way. But I don't think that if evolution is the idea that we're constantly kind of like other relation kinds of relationships are dying out to create new ones. I don't think that's the case. You're saying there are just that, relationships. Yeah, and I you think either that good relationships state- have always existed. And what we're trying to do is re- replicate um, those particular I agree. relationships, well, yeah, I mean, but not create new ones. I mean, what what even would be a new relationship? Well, Carrie, Carrie's like saying we, we, she uh, hypothesized... You know, are we evolving past relationships? Right. Yes. Like to the fact where we're evolving and becoming so strong and whatever that we don't need relationships or yeah that kind of thing. And do you guys mind if I contradict myself for a second, just no. on that point alone? Which is one might argue in 2014 that some of us are evolving past relationships, and this is what I mean specifically. In the age of the selfie, mm. in the age of like unregulated narcissism, <laughs> that a lot of people, I mean, look at when people go to restaurants together. In a lot of scenarios, the people aren't even talking to each other, they're looking at their phones. And it's like a relationship only exists, so it's not pathetic if I go to a restaurant because I have somebody sitting across from me, but am I really communicating? With that person, well, am I really engaging with them? Sure. Well, I'll go off on that. Okay. Where I would say that, all right, why? Sure, that happens all the time. It happens with us. It happens with everybody on the yeah, planet. Yeah, we're better at it now. though than most people. Yes. I think. Then like getting getting on our phones and like checking our phones or whatever. But the reason why we're checking our phones is in some way, mm-hmm. big or small. Mm-hmm. Is just is some sort of validation in some way. Yeah. We're checking to see what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. We're checking to see if we are how having, many likes we've got. How many on likes? A I ch- I mean it's a I check so often. Hey, this yeah. is the real tea. This is the tea. We, we this all is, do this it. This is the tea. Yeah. Like we're checking to see how many likes we've gotten. We're checking to see if we've got an email from somebody that needs us to do something or something that we can get from somebody. This mm-hmm. is just normal. This is life. Yeah. But, and it's so much more um, immediate and there's so much more of a, uh, I feel like a dramatic, desperate need for validation because it's comes so quickly and so easily now. Mm-hmm. But what we're ultimately all looking for is, I mean, it's going to really big. fulfilling <laughs> is, kind of is, validation. Is, is love right yeah so in an essence i feel like it could be potentially not that we're evolving past relationships we're devolving in a way where where it's we're getting further away from seeking the acceptance and validation that we really that we need or that we want because we're going to something immediate as opposed to putting in the work with someone and who loves us unconditionally. And we can get the right. quantity. Right. We, can, we can get a distraction, which is, I got 50 likes on my photo. Mm-hmm. And those you did? Of, no. Oh. You did today, in fact. <laughs> you I did? Was, Why do you yeah. think I've been posting so many so I've, I can get likes and people no, know I what know. I'm doing? <laughs> I, was, I, was I looking, look great. I was looking at some of Daniel's pictures and I was like, damn, Daniel gets lots of likes. Yeah. But, but my point is, like, we... 
Follow me on Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> it's Danny, Danny Mac, Mac 7, 7, I'm sorry, I'm saying this clearly. At Danny Mac 769. Thank like you. you need more followers. <laughs> I haven't had a boyfriend in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love your Instagram more than anything. But, Thank you. But, but it, I see what you're saying, which is we, we don't have to... Um, God. Okay, now I'm about to get even bigger than you did. Oh, let's which go. Is, um, this is the tea. Okay. Uh, so Robin Williams just died. Mm-hmm. And I think he represents in a lot of ways. I mean, like, he was going through his own personal stuff, obviously. And, and no two people are exactly the same. But we are all human and we're all connected and we all identify on a lot of levels. And some of us in this room, i.e. all three of us, have dealt with depression and anxiety to varying degrees. So, um... My point is this, you know, I think America especially, but the world in general, but America particularly, um, it's such an epidemic right now of people being very deeply unsatisfied and very sad and unhappy because in a lot of ways, I think the world is evolving much quicker than our bodies are and our minds and our souls. Um, and we don't have much to hang on to. So you know, we all strive to feel loved in the way that, that unconditional way that that we have someone who loves us despite the bottoms that we can get to and the worst things about ourselves. And in the absence of that, because because that takes work and because we want it so desperately and it seems so elusive, in the absence of that, we do. We have Instagram, we have Facebook. We can we can seek that validation. We can get that validation. We can get it in large numbers. And easily convince ourselves for a long time that, you know, that, that we're okay. That that is enough. And maybe it's not. And maybe it is. I mean, I maybe hate to is. also be, I really also hate to be reductive and say that, like, the only way anyone can ever be happy is by having someone in a soulmate. Because I actually don't necessarily believe that. Everyone's believe different. Um, and I have personally, um, I, I have personally had experiences that have nothing to do with relationships in the last, you know, several years of my life that name that without getting too specific that have to do with my friends that, that show me the same kinds of love I've, I've gotten in relationships and that prove to me that what's really important is human connection, Mm -hmm. not just a romantic relationship and all of that, that like, that it can fulfill me just as much to have friends, you know, just open their metaphorical veins for me and do everything for me. So, Anyway, basically what I'm saying is I totally agree with you. What she's saying is that in some small way, that's what Carrie, sort of a, a shadow of that thought came to Carrie yes. at the yep. end of the episode. So, <laughs> so let's talk about um, Samantha we? so we can finally get to Charlene. Yes, I mean yes Charlotte. that's the question. So Samantha, uh, Samantha's storyline is just like pornography to me, which is I don't buy it. I look at it for free. Wow. That's the tea. Um, Oh, hashtag red tube. (laughs) (laughs) Red tube? I don't know. Hashtag porn hub. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, real Samantha, tea, you guys. Real. Samantha, so we're there. The ladies bar, are she drinks. She sees some guy. Dominic. Some guy. Dominic says, "Oh, give, give, Dominic, give this drink to the lovely lady over there." And it was this guy that Samantha. I'm just steamrolling over you. Go, 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 go. And it was this guy Dominic that Samantha was in love with for a long time, and it's yes. played by the actor John Shay. Is that who right? looks like John a, Shay? Correct. Yes. He looks like he a le- poor man's Warren Beatty. He's not Warren Alpha. He's, he's Warren like Beta. Warren Beatty tra- crossed with Jerry Seinfeld. 
Seinfeld. He was um, Lex Luthor in um, uh, Lo- Lois- The Adventures of, of Lois and Clark. That's right. Yeah, that's I right. just watched the, the pilot for that this week. Really fun. I've never seen really, it. Really, really, Oh, really, catch really it fun. on YouPorn. <laughs> <laughs> catch it on PornMD.com. Oh, God. Um, and um, I'm, not a hu- I'm not a huge fan of this guy. Yes, no, uh, I am no. not either. So anyway, she's I mean, like, Maybe it's Dominic. I'm not a huge fan of Dominic. But um, Samantha apparently was in love with him for a, a while. It he took broke her, her heart. a year he to He broke her heart. Him. He totally dropped her for this girl, Anka. Yes. And Samantha... Oh, ouch, my uncle. My uncle. And uh, Samantha couldn't get over it, which I can't buy that Samantha nope. would be in love with no. this guy. No, no one's buying it. Nobody's no buying it. No so she comes up it. with this genius plan because she's so evolved past him. She's evolved yes. past him. She's so much better than him now that um, she's going to go get drinks with him and show him how hot and sexy she is, and then he's going to have sex with her, and when he when he wants to have sex with her, she's going to turn him down and say, yeah. "This look what you're missing, honey. Touch this skin. Yeah, but unfortunately, <laughs> plans go a sourdough. Wait, no, they go awry. Uh, <laughs> so, dat bread dough. So dat she's like dough. dat bread dough. <laughs> <laughs> so Alec, I anyway. need to finish, hear it. Alec. Oh, finish. I need it. I'll white bread. I mean, I will. Um, oh, so God. anyway, uh, so. Plans go awry. Samantha ends up sleeping with him and then staying over the night. And what happens in the morning is our Warren Beta gentleman says, Oh, you know what? (laughs) Warren Beta Max. You know what? Actually, I'm going to work things out with Anya. Anka. Samantha's plan was to just leave him in the dust. Anka mummy girl. So um, I know, I know. I watched Buffy. A so she's times. so pissed that yeah. her plan didn't. Stop and beating she kind me to of the punch. For him again. She says, "Yeah." And that story is over. So that's and to show done. us that Samantha hasn't evolved no, as much as she thought. The, no, the mark? moral of that story was that Samantha was upset yeah. that he had broken her heart again, mm-hmm. but she was some way. Um, glad to know that she still had feelings. The she still had yes. the ability to feel deep inside. She wasn't of her. a cold-hearted bee. That she didn't evolve to a cold-hearted bee. That but she, so, yeah. what's the lesson? I could honestly, I could actually talk I for really, an hour about that, and I don't care. I don't care. Let's talk about Charlotte, please. So Charlotte, the real meat and potato of this episode. And I was like, no. <laughs> so Charlotte is dating. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Charlotte goes out for a friendly night on the town with a gentleman that she assumes is gay, who you would, uh, who I know is the actor from The Birdcage. That's right. Speaking of Robin Williams, his name's Dan Futterman. So Dan Futterman. To me, this is what makes me feel like there's some like Illuminati style gay secret group with an agenda because he's in. Whoa. (laughs) Hey, so because he's in the birdcage, but he's playing straight in the birdcage, even though that movie is about gay men pretending to be straight. In this instance, our actor Dan Futterman is a straight man who Charlotte assumes is gay. So they're out on a night on the town. Charlotte was making history as well. (laughs) Tired of the Neanderthal she'd been dating. She was spending her Saturday night with a gay friend who catered parties for the gallery. 
dessert chef Stefan Bodine. I had no idea that Betty Buckley was so talented. Please, she is the cat's pajamas. <laughs> Why do people say that? I have no idea. Maybe because she was in Cats. <laughs> hey, let's start another one. Like, she's the dog's tuxedo. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. No, 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 please. Thank you for accepting my last-minute invite. My friend Don canceled this morning, and we had had tickets forever. Well, you can call me anytime. It's just so refreshing to go out with a man that I can actually talk to. You want to grab a cappuccino? Oh, no, I've just got to get on home. And um, they're having witty banter. He's yeah. flapping his arms. He's flapping oh, his arms God, don't in get a me very, started. like, stereotypically kind of foppish fashion. And they. Oh, what did you call me? They hit that street <laughs> corner. And as she's about to get, get into the cab that she had to hail because. He couldn't do it himself. She tr- she shows him she shows him ankle, some leg, and he yeah. and he said, "Oh, I I should have tried that." He's got a great <laughs> Will and Grace style reply. He to was that. also uh-huh. Will and Grace. Was he really? Yeah, he was. I believe wow. that. Um, I think he played Will's boyfriend at some. Good point. for you, Mister Futterman. Dan Futterman gives her that real gentlemanly remember. smooch. He gives her. It's like, not a too gentlemanly. Session. It's it's a good deep it's, like yeah, Harlequin romance novel with cover passion. kiss. So Patient. this Patient. totally threw Charlotte Patient. for a loop Patient. because <laughs> because That's she assumed he was gay. I know, um, but uh, you know, all all seeming to the contrary based on how he acts with her. Yeah. So then, so she brings it up to the girls, and the girls are like, "Yeah, it's this new thing." I am so confused. Is he gay or is he straight? Well, it's not that simple anymore. The real question is: Is he a straight gay man? Or is he a gay straight man? The gay straight man was a new strain of heterosexual male spawned in Manhattan as the result of overexposure to fashion, exotic cuisine, musical theater, and antique furniture. Well, hopefully he's a gay straight man, which means he's straight with a lot of great gay qualities. Whereas a straight gay guy is just a gay guy who plays sports and won't fuck you. He must be a gay straight man because he asked Charlotte out for a second date. Unless he's a straight gay man in denial. But our thing Saturday night wasn't even a date. I didn't wash my hair and I wore my glasses. Where it's, there's a there's a gay straight man. It's where there's a straight man who has all sort of the best qualities great or whatever. Great gay qualities. Great gay right. qualities, but still is... Which yes. I guess he are, loves cooking, he loves to go to the gym, forward. he has good taste, he can d- do design work in your home. And now, you know, I'm curious about this because what, what this eventually became known as was metrosexual. Mm. Yes. In the age of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Which is right around this time. Right around yeah. the corner Yeah, from it was this. like just about a year or two away, I yeah. think. But my question question is now you know a lot of things do start in new york um because it's kind of the culture capital of the world Mm -hmm. and i wonder if we were kind of just on the edge of this or this really truly was the beginning of the metrosexual era um because uh, again they didn't have that name for it just Mm -hmm. yet but um you know uh as as a as a guy who would consider himself a gay straight man, only in the sense that I I exhibit qualities that, I don't know, you know what? I think that this is one of those situations where in 1999, this made sense, but in 2014, and I'm not sure I think, Alec, I think that you are a gay straight man in the... In, in the I was in 1999. You were. I think in 2014, but I don't think that's But here's, here's the only yeah. way in 2014 that you're a gay straight man. And I say, like, Alec is the gayest straight man. 
I actually can't point to many qualities other than, like, you like to work out. And, like, for me, the most essential thing about you that is gay straight is that you aren't threatened by gay men. Yeah. That's it. Like, for for me, I think a lot of, like, hyper straight men are, um, I guess, less so in 2014 or at least less so or at least vocally. Yeah. Like, maybe they feel that way, but they're not admitting it because they know it's not politically correct. But for, 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 I think, I think the most, like, the most gay straight guy thing you could do is to be completely all the, not even non-threatened. It's just that you look at people as humans and that's it. Yes. Um, And it, for a lot of. For still a lot of men, I think that's still difficult because they think that that by being open and not being totally freaked out by something like, you know, a gay man being their friend or looking at Carmen Carrera and getting a boner, um, that that means they're gay if they, you know. And and I'm, well, first of all, I've been living in L.A. for seven years now, so... You know, I think perhaps I'm slightly out of touch with, you know, hometown America, but we don't live in America. <laughs> LA is not America. But it just in doesn't seem like the division between straight and gay um, is as defined anymore, or in fact, dare I say it, even matters. Yeah, here um, here it doesn't. Well, here, at least for the most part. Oh, do you mean here as in Los Angeles? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we, it's I, another planet. You know, I, as you guys know, I went to an art school for middle school and high school. And and even then, for me, in my very specific you lived in a situation, bubble. my bubble, it didn't matter either. So, I, yep. you know, my the first homophobia I ever witnessed was in college. Um, so, you know, I don't think I'm the best judge. You're not. Of these sorts of things. And God but, bless you. Um, well, and my, I think my favorite... So, okay, well, I will skip ahead to this just to make a point, which is there are a lot of things that irritate me about the gay straight man and the straight gay man things. Um, just because it, it requires that you make things black or white or half black, half white versus like Gorgeous. things being gray and I know versus things being gray and on a spectrum um uh, cuz that bothers me but but it satisfies people's need to have people go into certain buckets and stay there but um I love the Carrie voiceover where Charlotte spoiler alert finally sleeps with her guy and Carrie says frankly after two orgasms who the hell cares yeah and I think that's a great point like the bottom line is, you know, stop trying to. If if someone's if someone's pleasing you and if someone's being positive, a positive force in your yeah. life, then why do you care if they're gay? Honestly, so, so Charlotte is like, okay, I gotta know if this fruit is straight or gay. So this she, fruit? so she brings Carrie and America's favorite gay guy Stanford out to Stefan's. Restaurant. I also I love that his name is Stefan. Yeah, Stefan or Kel. <laughs> he's a pastry. Yeah, he's a pastry chef, and there it is their job. You know, um, uh, Stanford and Carrie to figure out whether he's gay or not. Yeah, right? so it's a field trip just to, his to bakery just to Chelsea. remind the audience that Stanford is gay. When the food comes out, Stanford uh. says. Cannolis and cream puffs and tarts. Oh my! <laughs> oh my God! It's so because a human offensive. would say that. Well, this episode features 
one of our favorite, <laughs> at the same time, least favorite lines of the whole series yes. that, yeah, I know Matthew is listening, yes. and that Matthew talks about almost on a daily basis. Oh. Because where, it's easily the laziest it's piece of so writing. lazy. <laughs> it's like this big setup for nothing. For yeah. no, the punchline doesn't exist. The it's limit not does not exist. Line. It's a nothing moment where, uh, you know, Charlotte says maybe Stefan is gay and he doesn't realize it. Yes. He doesn't realize it yet. And Charlotte said, or uh, sorry, Stanford says, Honey, we are aware. When I was a boy, my father gave me a book about the female body to teach me about sex. I took one look at it and said, no. Which is the worst so line in history. Lazy. And he I said, no. Anything else would have been better than that. Anything. At, you know, I would have, mu- well, obviously would have all much preferred that he stayed silent in that moment and just said nothing. Can we do a little free association and like just, just bounce a couple ideas of what might have been better there? And I said... I said, you better get that out of my face. I said... Okay, that was a Latrice for real. And I, <laughs> it was. I said, you didn't say you were going to be serving fish for dinner. And I said, I saw that thing kill people in Return of the Jedi. I want no part. And I, and I saw that and I was like, oh, that looks like something I saw last night in my nightmares. Sick. <laughs> and I was like... Where's her penis? That's the thing I like. <laughs> Any of these Any things. Any of these horrible things. Would have been better than what he said. So, anyway. But he said, no. And he said, no. And I was like, no. <laughs> so, so, Stanford's the worst. Oh, um, it's not, and it's not it's Willie not Garson's Willie fault. It's not Willie Garson's fault. 100%. It's, his, it's kind of his fault. It's kind of his fault. Uh, um, I loved Carrie's shirt. She was wearing this oh shirt God. that was like mesh and there was like She's a bra top. She's wearing her brassiere underneath it. I really liked that. I want to talk a little more about fashions in a moment. But so, here's what, how this So, what makes up. me a straight gay man? What makes you a straight guy? Yeah. Oh, right. Well, yeah, what are you talking Alec. about? Uh, I've seen I've seen you in situations. Um, a lot. You know what? Honestly, it's a lot in the comedy that you do. You I think? think? Yeah, I think that there are elements of your comedy that um, that are. Alec is talking while well, you gather your thoughts about yeah. that. Alec is talking about Daniel's various comedic pursuits, which is in a lot of ways a lot of sketch comedy, namely Bowling for Tiffany, which, which you now, need to which be is looking now called up. BFT comedy. BFT comedy. You can find us on, on Twitter, Instagram. Instagram, and on YouTube, and my other group, Mary Kate and Ashtray. You, you do yourself a favor and go follow these places. We're so Mary that you Kate can Ashtray see. on Twitter. Mary Kate and Ashtray on YouTube. Amazing. Anyway, Alec. Yeah, shout out comedy. to me. Shout, shout out to me. I've, shout out to I've, Riley. Shout, shout out to Riley. I've seen turns of yours in various sketch that Turn? I would say was very straight gay man. Okay. I think you pull it off. Oh, well, th- thanks. I don't disagree necessarily. Listen, you you don't Am need I to. Am supposed to say thanks? There? I don't. I I'm the one who's had well, two I think sex say, dreams about you, so I'm not. I'm not ooh, a good woo. objective. I'd observer. say I'd say you say thanks only in the sense that it means it, you're it, a very varied actor. Yes, yes like not that. in the sense that like it's that's a good thing, thing to be no, straight no, because yeah. fuck that bullshit. No, no, that's not why I was thinking that. I was thinking that. Yeah. Just that it 
it's good to be um, versatile or whatever. I, I, I wish am. we I wish we had more time because one of the questions maybe I'll save it for another episode, but um, I would be curious to know as a gay man if you find yourself attracted to the spectrum of gay men, the straight gay man, the gay gay man, the very stereotypically gay man. Mm. Ooh, Daniel, the, please. We're not saving this for another podcast. What's mm. your type? What's my type? type? I'm pretty I'm pretty open. I don't I I, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. I mean there's some care. just like again, just care. like the spectrum of, of being straight. There are some gay men who are like, I would never date a bear. I would never date a twink. I would never well, date Well I have things that I li- like I l- that I'm attracted to. Naturally. But like just okay I I'd like yeah, like things that I like, but I, I don't think that rules anybody out. But is there anyone you would look at and say like and I and you know I, and I, I looked and at his picture no. and I said no <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not Probably. even talking about picture. I mean, like affectation too. Like, like, well, like, yeah. If someone's really you and I, I, we I, know. I, yeah. I, I, I will say that I tend to be attracted to and tend to like uh, guys that are similar in nature to me. Yeah. Where I embrace my feminine side, and I love, I just love it, and mm-hmm. uh, and I have no, I think that's great. But at the same time, um, I don't know. I think I'm a balance of. Like, but you a also, bit. if I'm not mistaken, know. said you didn't think anybody wouldn't have sex with Carmen Carrera. Does that mean you'd stick it in Carmen's vag? Of course, but that's his Carmen. I'd Carrera's. pay. Where can I pay to see that happen? But, because I but, but, need but, but it. Like, on if somebody's hub. like, if somebody's like super feminine, that does not necessarily mean they're like out for me. And I, but I'm also not the type of guy that's like I'm only attracted to like mask guys yes. or whatever. But there's like. Uh, I mean, but I think this is a much more in-depth conversation. I'll I'll try to keep it as superficial as possible. But blonde hair and blue eyes. There oh. are there are gay men who you would not know are gay. Mm-hmm. We know gay men. I know well, you mean like gay Cece? guys like I know gay guys <laughs> like that. I well yeah maybe sure. Uh, and then there are gay men who announce their gayness mm-hmm. right. from a hundred feet away. I, no judgment on either side, I, but I'm just curious. That that doesn't really exist in the straight no, community. I, I'm, I'm attracted mm-hmm. to people who are comfortable with themselves. Yeah. No so whether that where that means that they are, you would yep. never guess in a million years that they're gay. I've been attracted yep. to those guys. I've whatever with those guys and the other spectrum of it too. As long as you're comfortable with yourself, and you're not being something because you're trying to prove something. You're yes. just who you are. I'd yeah. say that must be very interesting, or that must be very too fun to explore as a gay man. Like, you know, oh my gosh, I hooked up with this guy who is very you know, on this end of the spectrum, and then I hooked up with a guy who was on this end of the spectrum, it must be a nice variety. I guess variety. it's probably no different from, like, a, you know, you're Science a straight class. dude, and you're hooking up with a girl... I'm experimenting. You're hooking up with a girl who, like, doesn't shave her pits, and, like, is very natural, and never wears makeup, but she's this sexy, like, earthy gal. Yeah, it's, I think versus a girl who's, like, really, like, idea. a lot of makeup, yeah. and she beats her face all to death with that makeup, and she wears, like, bodycon dresses and high heels, and... I don't know. I mean, like, that we all perform Jean. different aspects of our gender. That's I would true. imagine it would probably be somewhat similar. All right, so to wrap up, 
the straight gay conversation. Oh, gosh. Charlotte's Uh. had amazing sex with this guy. He's told her that he's not gay. Yeah, she said to her. Cynthia Rowley, you're playing Cher. Like, are you a lot of Cher? And uh, and he says, listen, I live in Chelsea. I'm a pastry chef. I'm 35. If I wanted to be gay, I'd just be gay. Which I think is a great line. God bless him for that. and they wake up in the next morning. Chris and Davis is looking gorgeous. She looks so beautiful this episode. He made scones. He made scones. With lemon curd. Cranberry buttermilk lemon, scones. Lemon, with lemon, lemon, lemon curd. curd. Lemon curd on these scones. Hey, And there is a mouse trap. They hear a little... And it's a mouse that's trapped in a yes. mouse... A little mouse trap, and he flips out and flaps those arms and gets up and is like, oh, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. And, and Charlotte realizes, I can't do this guy. I can't. Yeah, I need a man. I can't do this. Because that's what, he's in Charlotte's. Yeah. I mean, that's not a She gay needs a man who's more though. masculine. He's just which a is pussy. interesting because Trey is rather foppish. Like, he's yeah. not. He's not. He's, he says yeah, well, things like alrighty, which isn't the most, like, dudish kind of thing. Yeah, Char- Charlotte gives this guy a big. She gives him the. This big is a frustrating episode. She does. Time. She she is having her doubts, and then he's like, he's like, listen, I'm straight, and he's like, you're the one who doesn't want to make love, and she's like, I wouldn't be so sure about that, and fucks him anyway. Like, yeah. good for Charlotte. Like, yeah. I guess I'm with you. I'm applauding her open mindedness for I being live like for the applause. She's com- yeah. all but completely convinced that he's gay, and then he says, no, I'm not, and no, she's like, great, put your gay. penis in me. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, know. So. You know, I, I, I'm frustrated by that that storyline. I'm frustrated by the way that it ends. Because what does it's it say just, about evolution? Yeah, it, I don't know. I, you would think that a pussy would catch a mouse, but I guess not. <laughs> Incredible. On the fashion tip, I think most of the time Carrie tends to, like, n- I don't think there was a ton of really remarkable fashion in this episode. Mm. Except for, like, Daniel, you mentioned her mesh, her mesh top or dress or whatever, and she's wearing, like, a bra under it. I thought that was fun. It was yeah. really fun, but also she, in one of the scenes, wears this um, midriff top and a long skirt, and I felt like that was a very of-the-time yes. style, and often Carrie Bradshaw's clothes don't... Um, they don't really follow trends, but I felt like that was kind of trendy because it was like this, I don't know, like Indian, like Beanie style, top. like dark green with like, like She beads. wore similar things in the last episode. It reminds too. me of the, mm-hmm. the two piece prom dresses that were popular. It's exactly when I was in high what school. it looked like. It's exactly what it is. And also I do want, um, well, I guess this is probably superfluous, but I was just thinking about, um, the mouse and how, uh, I have a tiny story about finding something scary in the middle of the night which is that um, when Alec and I were first dating 10 years ago, Alec woke up in the middle of the night to go pee, and there was a giant, like, two-foot-long cockroach in the <gasps> bathroom. You know, not really, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And I woke up to... He comes in the bedroom and wakes me up and says, you have to wake up, and it was four in the morning. And I said, why? And he goes, there's a giant roach in the bathroom. And I was like, what do you want me to do about it? And then Alec, very in a very manly way, killed it while saying... This is my favorite quote of all time. Die, you worthless piece of shit. And I meant it. Die. Yeah. Die. You you have to say that stuff when you're psyching yourself up to, Mm. like, kill a disgusting roach. I will say, (laughs) uh, on the mouse. And you said you had a story. The mouse trap. My Sean, um, boyfriend in college, 
uh, there was one night we were we heard the same noise that um, Stefan and Charlotte heard, and it was scary. And he had a mouse trap, and the mouse same thing happened. Oh and God. I was devastated. I was I was devastated. I would have yeah. been too. because that tiny little baby mouse. And we tried to get it off of that sticky pad <gasps> thing. Now this one of those mouse traps. It's like a little dish of stickiness. Yeah. And we tried desperately, and we couldn't, and we didn't know how to help. It was mostly Sean, and kind of just stood there, didn't know how to help it. So this is what Sean did, you guys. This is this haunted oh, me for no. years. So Sean was like, "What's the most humane way to get rid of this?" So he tied the whole thing in a bag and let, like, took the like, just let the mouse suffocate and then threw it away. Isn't that so sad, you guys? And for That's the re- awful. for every other night we sp- I spent at that uh, that apartment, I said that I felt like I could hear. Um, his mother, the mouse's mother, coming and jing- <laughs> and hear the ghost of the mouse jingling and rattling his chain, saying, saying "How could you do this to me? I was going to become a doctor. I was going to get. I was going to get my mousters." <laughs> <laughs> and that made us laugh a little bit. Maybe you have a mouse with the tiny T- shaky Jacob tangents. Marley chain. Wait, what is that noise you're doing? I'm still here. <laughs> I was going to be somebody. I was going to get my mousters. <laughs> wow. And, and then we broke up. <laughs> On that note, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> You're thank welcome, you Jean. I know you were missing Daniel. We were too. <laughs> yes, we were. It's good to have you. Oh my god, I can't <laughs> believe that story. It's the Lord's oh, truth. That is amazing. Um, if you want to follow Carry On Podcast, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Carry On Podcast, on Instagram at Carry On Podcast. We are on Facebook. Um, you can also write to us, carryonpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Write us a review on iTunes. Those are the most fun to read. Mm-hmm. Love those. Uh huh. Um, and check out my other podcast if you like this yes. one. Yes. I've started the Goose Sons podcast with Matthew, who's another guest on here often, and it's Welcome to Deadcast. Listen it's to that. That doesn't need to be a side note. We need to, like, really, like, please, you guys, you can find yeah, it's it. It's really fun. Um, if you've listened to Carry On uh, and you find that to be really easy, it's just as easy to listen to Welcome to Deadcast. They're on Podbean, Welcome to Deadcast. And we're on Podbean.com and free on iTunes. You can subscribe on your little podcast app. And um, they're both really, really fun. They go book by book. So if you're a child of the 90s um, or just someone who likes anything spooky or just someone who likes people who are funny and witty, then you should really be listening to it. Oh, thanks, Kat. Oh, my dad. My dad. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, until next time. Carry on. Carry on.